So, our, um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. The story this morning used our memory verse that we memorized before Christmas. So, those who were here as part of the kids' program before Christmas, do you, can you stand up and help me with the memory verse from Luke 4? Maybe, maybe I can get it started. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, release, he has sent me to proclaim release for the captives. Either the captives have been released and the, the blind will see and to announce the year of Oh, and the time for God's, God's favour is now. All right, well done, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. So we might need to work on that one, but Danny is going to come and teach us our memory verse for this coming series. So thank you, Danny. I hope you do a better job than I did. It is now. This is handy. I like having this here. All right. So um, we're just looking at a very um, simple message this morning. It's about our entire purpose in life. So I've got like 10 minutes to kind of speak to us about this because... I really, uh, I really appreciated the kids' video this morning because it put into very easy-to-understand words something that is deeply profound. And it's that in Jesus, we have been restored into our purpose. Well, the story, the big story of God that Diana's going to talk about is about human beings turning away from their purpose, turning away from God, trying to focus our lives upon ourselves, and that in Jesus Christ, God came and restored in us a much bigger, grander purpose. When Jesus came, one of the things he said is, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. So, when Jesus asks us to follow him, what he asks us to do is 
come and join with him in the purpose of God. He said, I am the way for you to come back to that purpose, to find your place within the big plan that God is doing in the world. Um, in uh, our memory verse this morning is Micah 6.8. I spoke about this verse a couple of weeks ago. Um, what does the Lord require of you to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with your God? And the question I put to you a couple of weeks ago is this, and I'm going to come back to it. Because like our kids not remembering their memory verse after a little while, it's good to come back to the truth of God. And the question I put to you is, is that verse from Micah, is that a command or a blessing? What does the Lord require of you to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Is that a command or a blessing? (laughs) It's both, I, I think. It is both a command to say, this is how I want you to live. This is what I'm asking you to do. If you want to come be a part of my kingdom, my family, this is what you must do. But the command isn't a command for, this is all the difficult things you must achieve before you can enjoy the reward of being my people. The command is also tied up with the blessing. It's like, this is the blessing of what it means to know God and walk with him that if you do these things, you'll be blessed by them. Um, People talk about this all the time, that um, to be generous, to be kind, to focus on other people is actually the greatest thing that there is in life. The trouble is that that decision is actually a decision of faith. It's much easier to focus on what you want and what you need and making sure that you have that rather than looking beyond yourself and thinking, I can give. Uh, I don't know if you find that, but I definitely find that. God promises us that when we give, when we bless, we'll be blessed. The measure that we use is the measure that it will be measured to. He actually promises us, you can be faithful, you can trust me in this. When I give you this command, do this, you can put me to the test and know that I will bless you if you do this. God puts his name, his honour, his identity on the line and says, if I um, stand for anything, it is this, that if you put your trust in me, if you follow my ways, if you do justice, love, mercy and walk humbly with me, you will find life in all its fullness. That is a promise. It is a risk because it is taking control out of our hands. My life is all about me and what I look after and how I look after myself. And it's putting uh, trust in God's hands. Say, God, I actually trust you enough to let go of those things that I'm holding on to so that I can trust your promise that you'll bless, that your ways are good, that you will look after me if I look to look after others. God says, trust me in this. Um, I want to look at a passage from Luke 9, but before I get there, um, I want to try and explain what I'm saying to you in a different way that hopefully will also land. Um, 
when we become followers of Jesus, our identity changes. We go from being enemies of God to being part of Jesus' family, part of God's family. This is now who we are. We have changed from being distant to God to being at home with God. We have changed from being enemies of the kingdom to being sons and daughters, princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. Uh, The analogy that came to mind is joining the mafia. When you're part of the family, that has certain implications for um, how you will be treated, but also certain implications on what you do. Jesus said, you have joined my family. You are now part of the family. Um, there's a, it's not quite the mafia, but there is certain levels of uh, overlap there. And when Jesus calls us into his family, a big part of what happens is he says, your concern now with the things that I'm concerned with. You don't need to worry about the things you used to be worried about, but you do need to concern yourself with the things that I'm concerned with. Jesus said to his followers, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So at the very end of that video, it talked about loving others, being a blessing. That's what we're called to be. Jesus came so that the world might have life, and he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. It's not about doing exactly what Jesus did. That's already done. It doesn't need to be done again. And we don't have the holiness or the majesty to be able to do it. But it is about asking the question, if Jesus lived in my street, if Jesus had the job that I had, if Jesus had the responsibilities that I had, how would he live? What would he do with the resources that he was entrusted with? How would he look after them? How would he love my neighbours? Jesus taught us, love your neighbours and pray for those who persecute you. So how would Jesus love my neighbours? How would Jesus pray for the people that are persecuting me? And how can I do the same? We prayed for Myanmar this morning. I know that the church in Myanmar would love the persecution to stop. They would love to see their country live as a place of peace and a place of security. But the prayer of the Christian church there is primarily this. May we love our enemies and love our neighbours the way that Jesus does. First and foremost, may that be the thing that we do. God, help us to be a blessing in this place and this time that we're in. We don't want to be here, but we want to be faithful here and there's so much opportunity to love and be kind. All right, I want to read to you from Luke 9 and then we'll finish up. So, uh, I'm going to read from the start of the chapter. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, 
no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and they went from village to village, preaching the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard about all that was going on and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and others still that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. One of the things Jesus gives his followers and he gives to us is power and authority. He says, you have my authority. You are my ambassadors. I am giving you the power and authority that I have so that you can fulfill the mission that I've entrusted to you. He said, uh, go out. Just go. Go. <laughs> It's literally what he said. He sent his disciples out. Go wherever you can. Go to a place. Stay there. See how you can be a blessing there. See how you can teach there. And do that. And then he promised, you don't need to worry about your provisions. I'll provide for you. So Jesus gave all these promises to his disciples. He said, you can go in my name. You can go with my authority. You can go in my power and you can go confident that I'll provide for you. Now, after Jesus' resurrection, he said, circumstances have changed a little bit. I'm not with you. There'll be times. If you've got an extra cloak, take it now. Be responsible in the way you go. Don't just go off half-cocked. When Jesus was there with, with them, he's like, the time is now. Let's just go, go, go. Don't worry about anything. The most important thing is to go. Now we live in different times. We uh, need to be thoughtful and we need to be responsible and we need to plan well. But the thing that we often forget is that promise of provision, that promise of authority, that promise of power is still with us. Jesus says we still have a job to do and if you are obedient to what I'm calling you to do, if you follow me and my kingdom, if you join in the work of the family, then you will have power, you will have authority, and you will have provision. We forget that so often. It's something that we need to be reminded of again, that God is at work, that God loves this world, that he has chosen to work through us, his people, and we have a part to play. The thing that I love about this is um, how it connects with Micah 6 8, the verse that we just shared this morning. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The walking humbly part is so important. We don't need to think of ourselves more highly than we should. Our job isn't to change the whole world. I want to tell my kids that that's their job because I want them to have something to aim for and aspire to something. But I know that as one human being, we can't actually do much. We actually need to work together. We need to know our limits. We need to focus on just the one or two things that God's put in front of us. 
of living life well, of being a witness that just shows what it means to live in the blessing of God, to walking humbly with him, to knowing we've got this great calling where only frail human beings and to living in the mystery of the tension of that. So I'm going to finish up. I I love that Herod heard that, that Herod, the king of Galilee, heard what was going on and was perplexed by it. As Christians, that's how we're meant to live. We're meant to live in such a way that the rulers and kings of this earth see what we do and are perplexed by it. Why do you do this? Why do you live in such a way? Why are you generous? Why do you bless? Why are you kind? Why do you put yourself to one side and think about the needs of others? Why do you get on the ground and practically help others? Throughout history, that is what Christians have done. That has been the thing that has made the most difference in the world. Just simple acts of kindness, of noticing people, of being a blessing, of speaking the gospel. I love that Herod was perplexed. I don't know about you, but it's very easy to forget that, that we have that purpose, that all of us in this room as Christians, that is our purpose, to live for the kingdom, to live as children of, of the king, to do justice, to love mercy, walk humbly with God. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Um, sometimes we forget it's our purpose because we don't want to remember We'd much rather do the other things that are on our priority list rather than the things that are on God's priority list. So we close our ears a little bit. Sometimes we're worried about doing the wrong thing or we're scared about what God might say if we said, God, I just want you and your purpose to rule in my life. That's a very scary thing to say because it can cost you everything. It's not a risky thing though. Can I remind you that if you are obedient to God, there is zero risk in that because he is faithful and he is good. And you can trust that his plans will ultimately prevail. It's not an easy road, but it's a good road and it leads to blessing and life. So I'm just going to pray for us now. And uh, I'm just going to offer the invite. Is there anyone that would particularly like us to pray for them and for their purpose. Is that you, Judah, or are you just stretching, mate? <laughs> All right. I'm going to pray for us generally, but I don't know if there's someone that's like, yep, I actually am convicted to live in line with the purpose. Or maybe you're in that camp where you're like, actually, I've been ignoring God because I want to do this over here and I need to let it go. If that's you, please talk to someone. Talk to your small group leader. Talk to me. Talk to one of the elders after the service because we're convinced that if we follow God and follow his purpose, we will be a blessing in this world and God's kingdom will come. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have brought us into your family. We thank you that you've given us the responsibility and the blessing of living as your people. Lord, we admit that we get distracted, that there are many things that crowd out your gospel. And this morning we come and are reminded once again
that it is your purposes and your plans that uh, lead to life. Lord, we um, confess that we um, have focused on things that we probably don't, shouldn't be focusing on and we repent and put our trust in you. Lord, we pray that you'd have your way in us, not in spectacular things that lead to glory and are placed posted all over uh, social media and other media. We pray for just the small, quiet things, that we would love well, that we would be bold, that we would be a blessing and walk humbly with you in the places and with the gifts that you have given us. Thank you for the blessing of life. Thank you for the gifts that you have given us. And we pray that we might have the joy of using them in the way that you created them to be used. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Thanks. I think we're actually finishing up our service. So uh, thank you very much for being here this morning. Kids, great work on the memory verse. Do you remember what it is from Micah 6.8? What does the Lord require of you? To just act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Amen. Go in peace. God bless you this week.